Hi, uh, good to be with you again this morning. Um, today we're going to be doing something quite different. Maybe over the next few weeks we're going to be experimenting a little bit and trying different things out. Not getting too technical, hopefully. But today you are going to hear from quite a number of our young people in our children's ministry. And you will be absolutely blessed. I watched these videos of our young people, combination of what they're doing in lockdown, what they like about lockdown, what they don't like about lockdown, um, a combination of what they believe and what it means to be a Christian. So I have no doubt, like me, you are going to be blessed. We all need a blessing. Um, God loves to bless people. And you know, he does it so often through each other. So I wonder how you feel this morning. However you feel, I hope and pray that you get lifted up by the contributions that you're going to receive this morning from our young people. And then we're going to have a little story, a story for all. So it doesn't matter whether you're young or whether you're older, then this, this story hopefully will relate to you. And then we're going to have uh, a short Bible message. We're going to look at Mark chapter 8. So get your Bibles ready. We're going to look at that together. Then we're going to have a final short passage read to us uh, by one of our young people. And then we're going to finish off the message with another series of clips from our young people about a bit about lockdown, but more about what it means to be a Christian for them and what do they believe. So sit back, grab your drink and get ready to enjoy from Noah, Chris, Bob and Lily, who are absolutely delightful children. Watch this and be blessed. You're missing in lockdown, Noah. I'm missing going to school and seeing my friends. What have you been doing since you've been in lockdown, Noah? I've been um, playing my Xbox or making Legos or drawing. Have you been doing schoolwork as well? Yeah, I've done some um, maths today, a lot of maths. What else have you been doing? Um, I've been having fun. I've been playing on Metsbox, um, Minecraft Dungeons, and um, I'm looking for secret rooms in the game, and it's very fun. So what have you enjoyed about lockdown? Uh, I've really enjoyed going on my Xbox, um, spending mostly time with my family, and also um, having sleepovers with my dad. So Lily, what have you been doing in lockdown? Um, I was, me and Chris was jumping in the pool like a dolphin, and Bo was in the pool doing the big pool and the little pool, and my toys was in the the pool too and I was playing on the iPad and watching and we did some painting and we did and then we did some cooking then we have some breakfast we've had breakfast did we have, have we, what else have we doing in the sitting room camping we did didn't we yep. have you enjoyed lockdown yeah yeah what makes you sad about lockdown um when I'm crying yeah you can't see everybody you can't see nanny and granddad and yeah. So what don't you lock up, like about lockdown? Well, I miss my friends, I miss my teachers, uh, and like I can't go out more often. The only time I can go out is to pick the lunch or like go for a walk. I miss school because um, I've been there for like four years now, 
and it's the final year and I've missed SATs as well and I was, I'm studying so hard for it but I can't do it now. Hey y'all, good day mate, how are you doing? I have been playing Roblox with my mother. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, if I got that right, you would have heard from Noah, Lily, uh, Bob, Chris, Sophie, uh, Graham and Joanna. I, I really enjoyed that. So thank you very much, guys. We're going to have more from our young people in a little while. But guys, if you're watching, if any of the children are watching, I've got a story to tell you about a little boy called Brian. And it's titled, What Do You Want To Be, Brian? I wonder whether you can relate to this. I'm sure all of us, particularly adults, can relate to what we wanted to be when we were little in hope that one day we would become adults. Well, this story uh, is written about a little boy exactly in that position. What do you want to be, Brian? And there's Brian there. Uh, you see there, I'm trying to do some pages um, excuse me for the unprofessional approach to my uh, video recording. But anyway, here we go. So his mum says um, that Brian wants to be the greatest violinist since Yehudi Menuhin. And Brian was like, do I? Do I want to be a violinist? Yes, you do, said his mother. So his mother bought him a wonderful violin and made him practice for two hours every day. I remember when our youngest child was practicing piano every day. She hated it. She cried when she played it. Sorry, children, if you are in that position. I'm sure you're not. But here we have a picture of Brian having to play his violin for two hours every day. Well, Brian tried and tried as he did, but he kept snapping the strings and he kept sticking the bow where it shouldn't go. We'd like to see a picture of that one. There we go. A bit crazy. I hope you can see those. Apologies if you can't. He doesn't want to be a violinist, said his father. He wants to be the, a computer wizard like me. Don't you, son? Well, well, said Brian. Oh, did you want to see the picture of that? Sorry. Um, there we go. The uh, picture of his dad there. Let me just turn the page. Of course you do, son. That's what you want to be. I spent an absolute fortune on a new computer for you. Brian did his absolute best. He tried and tried, but the instructions went in one ear and straight through out to the other ear. Then the wretched thing blew up. Would you like to see the picture of the blowing up computer? There we go. <clears throat> and then we move on. He doesn't want to be a computer wizard, said his sister. He wants to be the most famous ballerine dancer, just like Rudolf Nureyev. Brian's response was, uh, 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 uh. before he could say any more, his sister said, shut up and put on these tights. There we have a picture of Brian uh, being uh, forced to put on these 
Uh, wonderful green tights. Brian really tried to succeed as a ballerine dancer, but he kept dropping the ballerinas and he accidentally kicked a pianist off her stall. And in the end, he snagged his tights. There we have him um, doing all of those things as I've just read. Then his brother said, I'm telling you, he doesn't want to be any of those. He wants to be a boxer. He wants to be the heavyweight champion of the world. Come on, Brian, put on the gloves. And there is his brother um, getting him ready to be the world champion in the heavyweight um, category of boxing. Brian did prefer his nose just the way it was. That lad, I'll tell you what that lad wants to be, says his uncle. He wants to be a jockey just like Lester Piggott. We need to get him a horse. There's his uncle. And there's Brian on a horse. And Brian shouts out, I wouldn't be on it. Not at all. Horse? Horse? snorted his auntie. What good is a horse when it's quite plain to see that this boy is going to be an artist, just like Van Gogh? All the family thinking they know and knew what Brian wanted to be. Then, would you Adam and Eve it? The, the, the vet says that he wants to be an admiral like Nelson. Then the man selling household products door to door says he wants to be a policeman. There's the, uh, the two, the vets and the door to door salesman having their pennies worth in what Brian wants to be. Then all of a sudden, stop! Stop, stop, says Brian and says, I want to be, I want to be, there he says, stopping and saying, I want to be, I'll tell you what I want to be, says Brian. Well, what do you want to be then, Brian, says everyone. I want to be, I want to be. The most ordinary boy in the world. The most ordinary little boy in the world. And you know what? Guess what? Guess what? He was absolutely brilliant at it. Brian was brilliant at being the most ordinary little boy ever you know we are experts at being who we really are and god knows exactly who we really are and what we're going to be we're going to look at what it meant for the disciples to feel a sense of failure that story resonates so much with my life 
as growing up, there were many things I wanted to be. But one of the things that I realised during my first 28 years of living is I felt I failed at so many things. And I felt I had to prove myself to so many people. It wasn't until I discovered Jesus Christ that all that stuff didn't define me. All of what everybody else expected of me did not define me. What defined me, what allowed me to be what I really want to be, an ordinary dad, an ordinary husband, an ordinary minister, an ordinary child of God, which is what I'm an expert at, being ordinary, being me. I don't have to prove myself. I don't have to try to be something I'm not. I just need to be me because if I don't, I foul miserably. But if I just allow myself to be me and be what I know God wants me to be, then I will fail safely at doing that and reach my fullest potential. Let's have a look at the scriptures and see what we can learn about what it means to fail safely in the arms of Jesus. Hi, okay, let's get into the word of God. Let's look at um, Mark chapter 8. We're going to be looking at various um, short passages in Mark chapter 8. So hopefully you've got a Bible in front of you or you're sitting comfortably. But let us just be reminded of some of the stories, some of the accounts in chapter 8 of Mark's gospel. I love this chapter because it reminds me a bit of me, the disciples constantly getting things wrong. You know, there's no sin in getting things wrong. There's no sin in failure. Failure is the steps towards reaching the goal or the objectives of where we are going. It, failing helps us to understand the steps taken. It's, it's helping us to be one closer to where we need to go. And we should never be afraid of failing. When I was a young lad, even up until my um, 28th year of a, of a young person, I felt ashamed and embarrassed when I got things wrong. I don't feel that way so much now. Um, because my intention isn't trying to prove myself. My intention is just being me and wanting to discover more of the glory of God, more of the will of God, more of the way of God, more of the love of God. And this passage reminds us how Jesus is educating and teaching and leading his people despite them not getting it and not always understanding. He never gives up. So the first account is the feeding of the 4,000 where Jesus um, it has compassion on his people and gets them to sit down and he challenges his disciples to, um, to feed these people. We're going to feed these people, guys. We're going to feed these people. We're three days away from any of, of their uh, homes, but we're going to feed these 5,000 people. And the disciples, again, after the accounts of seeing Jesus at work and his miracles, the feeding of the 5,000 and all the leftovers hit... The disciples still don't quite get it. His disciples answered in verse four, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread for them? And Jesus sits them down and they gather up seven loaves and he breaks the bread, gives thanks to the father and passes it around. He gets a few fish and he um, blesses that and passes it around and they are all satisfied and then they um, are dispersed. From there, and the 
disciples and Jesus get into the boat and go off. Then from there, they're tested by the Pharisees um, and they're trying to trap Jesus. And Jesus has, has none of it. He, he refuses to engage in that. You can look at that in verse 11. And uh, he, he, he doesn't entertain a conversation with people that are trying to um, trap him, test him, uh, try to twist the, who he really is and what he's really about. So they get back into the boat and they carry on and uh, they forget the bread. And Jesus challenges them because um, he asks, uh, why are you talking about having no bread? And this is another pinnacle point in the account in chapter 8, verse 17. Aware of the discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about not having any bread? Do you still not understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see? Do you have ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember the 5,000 and the 12, um, the, the, the 12 baskets left over and the 4,000 that we just did, guys? Come on, are you not getting it? <coughs> Excuse me. So, again, the, Pharise uh, the, the disciples, they're still not quite getting it. Now, after all of this, after all of the miracles, after all that what they've seen, Jesus challenges them again. They've just been through um, a healing ministry of a blind man in Bethsaida. And, uh, uh, and Jesus uh, spat on the man's eyes and put his hands on him. And this man was healed. His sight was restored. Then immediately after that, immediately after that, in verse 27, Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages. And you're going to have this reading again um, at the end of this message. So this is the point here that we want to focus on. Went into the villages and around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, they asked, um, he asked them, who do people say I am. They replied, some say John the Baptist, some say uh, Elijah, and some say one of the prophets. And Jesus looks at them and he says, but what about you? Who do you say I am? And Peter, in his boldness and in his uh, willingness to, to step forward, says, you are the Messiah. OK, don't tell anyone. What a strange thing to say, because the time had not come. It had not been ready. There's still work to be done. Then immediately from here, Jesus predicts his death. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and by the chief priests and by the teachers of the law. And that he must be killed. And after three days, he will rise again. He spoke plainly about this. It's crystal clear. You could not get it wrong. And Peter took him to one side and began to rebuke what Jesus had said. But when Jesus turned and looked at all the other disciples, turns round and faces the disciples and, and Peter standing there trying to speak privately with Jesus. And he says to them all, get behind me, Satan, referring to Peter. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely of human beings. Wow, what a challenge. After all they had witnessed, after all they'd been through, they still 
didn't get it. You know, it's okay if you don't fully get it. Don't panic if you don't fully understand the Trinity. Crumbs, that's a that's a challenge to understand. Don't, it's okay if if you're frustrated about the church and, and it doesn't seem to be what, what floats your boat or, or you think you've got the answers to church, but nobody else seems to have the answers. Well, you, you are worth a lot of money if you've got the answers. My point is this. Life is a challenge, okay? Life is a challenge and it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to feel I got that wrong. It's okay to say I haven't got my life sorted out. You know, we live in a broken world and I believe every one of us is a part of that brokenness. In fact, I believe every one of us contributes to the brokenness in this world. I believe each and, one, each and every one of us cannot stand in front of anybody and cast the first stone. I don't believe it, that any one of us has got it right. I believe we can see the wrong each other more than we can see the right in each other. And this is the challenge we have because in the, in the, in the relationship with Jesus, Jesus sees the potential in us. And although we can fail ourselves and we can fail each other and we can fail at things, Jesus never fails us. Jesus never ever fails us. The times many of us can can remember when we things of, of testimony. I remember standing at um, um, Spring Harvest for the first time. Absolutely no money in my account. I've got enough food and enough petrol to do what I need to do. And but I had no money to treat my children. And out of the blue, a woman I never met said to me, um, I don't know who you are, but I believe God's told me to give you this money. And she gave me some money. She goes, go and enjoy Go and bless your children. And I thought, wow, you know, this was six months into being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this has been happening all my life, not just on monetary um, matters, but all the way through my life. Since being a Christian, I have never been let down by Jesus. I have and will make many mistakes, like pretty much everyone. I get concerned when people fear to make mistakes, fear to get it wrong. That's living in the shadow of the evil one. When we live in the light of our Lord Jesus Christ, we don't fail him. He does remind us, and it's him that needs to remind us, that Brian, you, you, need, you, you need to understand this. You need to get to grips with this. So I want to encourage everybody this morning. We've got a great testimony in the scriptures of how um, people like the disciples did get it wrong. But you know, it got better when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they didn't stop making mistakes. But their hearts were now in tune with God's. And my question to you this morning is, is your heart really tuned in? Really synchronized in synergy with the heart of God? Because the heart of God does not remind us of our failures. He reminds us that we are one step closer to discovering who he really is and who we are and what we are to be for his glory. We're going to take some time to pray in just a moment. Well, um, but before that, we're going to have that reading reminded to us. Who do you say I am? Who do people say I am? Who do you say I am? You are a child of God. You are a beautiful, amazing great child of God who is going to succeed in the eyes of the Lord. 
don't worry about trying to succeed in the eyes of this world. Whatever you do, do it to glorify him. And out of that, you will be blessed and you will succeed beyond your wildest imaginations. Let, before we pray, let us just have this reading. Mark 8, 27 to 30. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say, Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, we come before you as a mixed bunch of people scattered together. Some of us struggling with this lockdown, some of us struggling with life in general, some of us feeling absolutely worthless, absolutely broken, absolutely useless. But you, Lord, never see us in that light. Lord, you see us for who we really are. Lord, you see us for what we can achieve. Lord, you see us as successors. For you, Lord, see the potential in each and every one of us. And as we walk with you, as we learn from you, as we allow ourselves to be immersed in you, we can discover our real identity, our real purpose, what it means to be human. Lord, there is only one human race, one people, and they are your people, the people you created. You are calling us to be one people, following the one Lord Jesus Christ, having the one faith. Father God, you receive each and every one of us just as we are. You will heal our brokenness. You will help our incompetency. You will welcome us like no one else will welcome us. Lord, may your church reflect the very nature of who you are. May we at Britain Baptist Church be a church known for the hope we have in Jesus Christ, for the hospitality that's second to none in this community, for the help that we give. This is not just spiritual, but it's practical. It is pastoral. It is whatever it can be. But also, Lord, that we will be a church known where people receive healing and wholeness and freedom in Jesus Christ. Lord, renewing us the spirit of the living God, renewing us a pure heart. Lord, may the attitude of our heart be that of the compassion you had for the 4,000 plus people who were hungry and needed feeding. Lord, may we receive the blessings from heaven as we open ourselves up to the mystery of the love of Jesus that comes on all people. Lord, we want to be a church where everyone matters. Lord, help us to know that in our failings, we are lifted up by you and we can fail safely in your arms because our failure is one step closer to being a successor in whatever path you are leading us on. Father God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters in this church. I thank you for everyone joining us today. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that everyone here this morning receives the compassion that you have 
and that they receive you and are lifted up by you because in you there are no losers. Father God, I thank you for your generosity. I thank you, Lord, for the offerings that you make us of yourself. Lord, as we return that gratitude in our offering of our tithing or of our time or of our skills, Lord, may we give of ourselves to you in spirit and truth. And may we be a blessing to you and each other. And may Breton Baptist Church, as we planned to come together whenever that time is, when we're allowed to meet together, that we will never be the same because we will discover what it means to be human on earth for your glory. Lord, I pray your blessing and your spirit upon each and every one of us as we prepare to go into the world just as we are, knowing that in our failings you can rise up and lift us up and your glory can shine through even our mistakes. Lord, let us rebuke anything that reminds us that we are rubbish and worthless. Because that's the devil's scheme to try to put us down. And you constantly lift us up. No matter how hard we fall, no matter what we fail on, you will always lift us up. So let us go from here knowing that we are lifted up in Jesus Christ, the saviour of the world, the Messiah our Lord. Amen. As we draw to the close in our time together this morning as scattered people around the community of Peterborough, I thank you for joining us and we're going to leave you for uh, with some messages from many of our young people which include Chris, Iona, um, Graham, Joanna and Eden. You will be blessed by these as they share something about lockdown and about what they believe. I leave you also with the final thought of what it means to be in the hands of Jesus. Being in the hands of Jesus means whatever happens in our life, we will fall and fail safely if indeed we do fail. In Jesus, failing is not a negative. It's always a positive because it's one step closer to getting to know him and to getting to know his heart and to discovering who we really are and how we really operate and what we will become in him. Failing in this world is often seen as a loser, a negative, uh, winners and losers. In Jesus Christ, we cannot fail negatively. Failing means we're getting one step closer. So as you go through into this week, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you will recognise that when you walk with him, he will constantly be your source of showing how great and amazing you are. Stay blessed, stay safe and stay filled with the joy of the Lord. God bless you. My Miss About Church is doing all the fun facts, playing with my friends and doing Adam and Eve learning and reading by the Bible. I'm dancing with my sister when the song is happening. Cho'ena, what do you miss about church? I miss about playing with my toys when I run in the church. I miss playing in the cars, dancing and singing. I miss 
have been going into the cars. I've been in the school. Hello, Lasagna. And I met especially God. Hello, Lasagna. Today, when it's church, nice and sunny. I I love the music of church. Hello, Lasagna. Okay, <laughs> we got it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Graham, what do you believe is a Christian? What I believe about a Christian is that is that I believe God is everywhere. I believe in the Bible. I believe that God trusts us to be good. I believe God will always keep us safe. I believe God will always love us, like us, and especially love us the most of all. I believe as a Christian, which I will believe God, I will hug God, I will do some singing and dancing for him, I will place my love on him, I will pray to him, I will kneel down at him, and especially when I'm a Christian. But you are a Christian. Because we let God in our hearts. We are a Christian. And especially when I am a Christian. We are Christian. Yeah, I know that. I would always believe in God. The end! Okay, thank you. Hello. Number one. What have you been doing in lockdown? In lockdown, I have been doing online um, school and online music lessons. So online sing lessons, online bass guitar lessons, and I'm really enjoying those. Um, I've also been going on long bike rides and long walks with the dog, and I'm really enjoying that. What have I not liked about being in lockdown? Um, I'm missing my friends a lot because usually I'd see them like five out of seven days. Um, so I'm missing seeing them most days and I also don't really like online school. I prefer to be in a classroom with a teacher where I can ask questions and like, actually write stuff. So, missing that. Um, what have I liked about lockdown? I like the flexibility of lockdown so I can have a longer lunch break and work a bit later and I enjoy the flexibility. Um, number four, what do you miss about church? I miss um, being able to talk to everyone face to face and playing games and um, being in a group together so I'm missing that um, what do what I don't miss about church um, I enjoy not having to um, get out my PJs so I can have PJs and a cup of tea and church I'm, um, I'm enjoying that but yeah I'm six what do I believe as a Christian I believe that um, God has plan and everything happens for a reason so we should just look at the positives and um, yes what I don't believe as a Christian, um, I don't believe that we should look at the negatives, that we should break all the rules, um, because um, that's not helping. So I think if we stick the rules and um, look on the positive side, we should hopefully be out of it sooner. I miss the community aspect after church, where you could just walk around, go up to somebody, talk to them, have a nice conversation, and then, yeah, but because of lockdown, I haven't been able to do that with anybody, which is upsetting. As a Christian, of course, I believe that Jesus died for our sins and that through him, all our sins are forgiven. 
Um, but on top of that, I believe as a Christian, we need to reach out to the community and be loving and kindful, kind to everybody, no matter their circumstances, their beliefs, their past, anything. We must accept them. Hi, my name is Eden and I'm nine years old and I live in England. I'm a Christian and I believe that, well, God and Jesus are real and that Jesus died in the cross for us. A bit like Muslims, how they believe about their prophets. I go to the best school on earth called Thorpe. I really like gymnastics. It's like my favourite thing. I've always been kind of, not clumsy, but like rolling and jumping around on the sofa. So I did gymnastics and I love it. I also love singing and I don't have any pets. Well, I used to have two guinea pigs. One of them's exploded. We gave them to my nan. One of them's dead, but I don't know about the other one. And my nan has a dog. Um, I'm just thinking, well, we're in lockdown now. And yeah, I'm just gonna say about my beliefs. So my beliefs is that Jesus died on the cross to make all of us be forgiven. And that he is, he always forgives us and that he loves us no matter what. And yeah, that's what I believe. And I celebrate Christmas, which I'm sure everyone knows what it is, but it's basically just where we celebrate Jesus being born. And we have parties, um, we have presents. And yeah, we go to church and just praise him. And I also celebrate Easter, which is, it's, we um celebrate when he died but he came back to life again so we have eggs because it's a bit like a tomb um and it's also in spring and they're like eggs eggs but they think i think of them like a tomb how he got buried away and also we have hot cross buns which are kind of they have a cross in them and they are nice <laughs> i'm not a big fan of them but yeah that's my life bye